This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. I am your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. And he, joining me as usual from halfway across the world, is Jared Morgan. Now, don't it's, you feel special? I, I, I do. Because I'm only <laughs> talking to you. And I'm also snotty. I'm a snotty Jared today. A snotty Jared. I have, I have a, a cold. So I'll be sounding snotty and you might even hear extras in the show such as coughs and snorts. So, <laughs> so it's going to be a, it's going to be a value, value add show today. Um, <laughs> bonus content. Um, and it's going to be a thrill to the senses. If, if we had a little uh, ticker on the corner of the screen, it would be, you know, racking up uh, drippy nose moments or uh, coughs per second. Big coughs per second, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I was up a little bit later last night because uh, I finally got to watch Sicario. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was good, man. <laughs> it was very good. I looked at the shorts. I was going, eh. It, I don't at the time the the shorts for the movie. Yeah, it didn't grab me at all. I don't yeah. know what they were doing down here in Australia, or maybe it was different over in the US. But it didn't actually look that good. It looked Man. to me like the kind of movie that the trailer is selling as being really action packed and intense, and instead it's going to be about ten minutes of action and you know two hours of people just talking at each other. <laughs> mm. I found it to be. I, I think they got the balance of action and intrigue right in this movie because it was sort yeah. of the plot unfolds and yeah, it had, it was, it was a good story. I enjoyed so the story. Because uh, me living in, you know, Southern California, which is on the border of uh, uh, Mexico. Mexico as well, you know, so us, Arizona and Texas, we're all familiar with these border crossings and cartel kind of uh, situations. Uh, you being in Australia and not having anybody hopping your borders because you're kind of an island. Yeah, just, you know. our border is the sea. <laughs> your border is the sea. How did that? How did that come across? What it? Uh... It was. I've seen documentaries about border border security and stuff over there mm-hmm. uh, in the US. So the concept of people trying to be smuggled over was kind of known to me, but. The thing that really struck me is that when they were doing the flyovers of the border, the actual official border yeah. crossing into Mexico, it's like no one going in and all these people going out. Right. And it was just like, it looked like a gridlock at the. Well, um, it's, it's not so much that nobody's going in, it's just that there's no hassle getting in. All right. It's you, a major it hassle getting back out. Right. I see. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? What <clears throat> Americans going into Mexico? They're not going to cause any hassles. But Mexicans coming into America, well, that's all sorts of bad news. Yeah, um, right. That's, yeah, so that's why the the borders are like that. The opening scene in Sicario, um, it, it, wow, it was you know when they were invading the house. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> wow, you definitely got the feeling from that opening scene that this was going to be a relatively violent movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, uh, I'm gonna, it's been out for a while now. I'm still going to spoil yeah. it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, cause it's, it's like a very impactful scene. Um, but geez. Um, no, a- and the thing I noticed about it too, is that whenever they were in Mexico, everything was really, it felt like it was really overexposed and mm-hmm. really bright and really sort of gritty and bright at the same time. Yeah. And it just looked the way they shot it to me felt like it, it was just, even the screen was dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty cool how they did that. Like it, it really sort of conveyed, I guess a sense of um, lost hope in a way about the life in Mexico for these people. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious because I was really shocked when I first heard about it, and it comes out in, I believe, two weeks. Uh, yeah. There's a sequel. There is a sequel, yeah. yeah. I think that's why we saw it on Free to Air over here because they were advertising a sequel. Okay. Yeah. And the sequel looks to be much more action-heavy. And so yeah. I'm very curious because I wasn't really blown away by the movie. Um, yeah. And part of that is the director. It's... 
um, Denis Villeneuve. I forget how you pronounce it. Anyway, he's the guy that did Blade Runner 2049. Also okay. did um, uh, The Arrival. He's got a very neutral uh, sensibility about him in that he just... He doesn't try and steer your emotions one way or the other. He just presents the movie and mm. whatever baggage you bring into it is kind of the baggage that you attach to the movie. That's what I've found uh. with, with his uh, stuff. And so to me, the movie had a very cool detached uh, sensibility about it. And I'm not saying it's not a, I, I enjoyed the movie, but I also wasn't just like, wow, that was fantastic. Yeah. The way the sequel, the trailer is playing it makes it seem like the movie that I would be like, wow, that's fantastic. And that kind of worries me because then I'm also like, what if they just completely ignore everything that was good about the first movie and just try and make an action movie and then suddenly it becomes stupid, you know, because yeah. it's, it's a pretty intelligent movie. It, so. Yeah, it is. It, that's the thing that struck me about it too. Like it, yes, it was very intelligent. Yeah. And uh, I think that's why for me it was, like I stayed up until twelve o'clock last night watching it because <laughs> it came on and because of its because of its content, of course, like they had to start screening it after nine o'clock here. Right. Um, and yeah, I I really wanted to go to bed last night because I was feeling crook, but I thought no, I want to see this because this is like drawing <laughs> me in. And it was on a channel where we have like multicast channels over here in Free to Air where you have the main station, and then there's like three or four sub channels okay. and digital. And it was one one of the sub channels that typically doesn't have as many ads mm. as the um, as the main main line. I think that's part of the broadcasting standard over here that if you have multicast channels, you're not allowed to put as many ads on them. So this channel is like a pretty much exclusively movies channel, and um, yeah, that's we, it was good because there was less ads because it would have been the, a long movie otherwise. We made the mistake one time. Uh, I'm sure you've seen Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, but that's, that's one of those movies that if you're flipping channels that comes on, it just pretty much sucks you in immediately mm. and you can't help but just continue watching it, right? Yeah. But it's also an insanely long movie. Oh, it is, yeah. Now throw in commercials. No, it's so, like a four-hour screening. Right. Really? So, so we're flipping channels, or I'm flipping channels one day. I catch it. I just start watching it. First set of commercials comes on. I don't really think about anything other than just like, ah. Uh, and I'm kind of thinking I'm going to be changing the channel then, right? And mm. Then my wife sits down and started watching it. This is before we had our kids. So this is many, many years ago. And, you know, when this kind of activity could take place. But, so she just sits down and she starts watching. I'm like not even thinking about it. It's not until about an hour later when we're groaning about the commercials coming on for, you know, the umpteenth millionth time that I go, why don't I just throw the DVD in? I'm yeah, yeah. sitting over there on the shelf. That's right. It's weird <laughs> how that happens. Hey, like you, because we have like, I mean, we don't, the problem is we don't actually have a DVD player anymore, yeah. but we do have a lot of DVDs. Like for example, if the Matrix comes on TV, mm -hmm. you know, well, we've got all three Matrix series there if we want to watch them without, you know, but you know, I think when movies go on TV, even if you, they have them in your own collection, it's just like the own, the barrier is, uh, I've got to get up and sort it out. <laughs> right. And that's what they prey on the, the networks. They go, look, you know, we probably know you've got this movie. You've seen this movie before or you've got this in your collection probably because it's a mainstream um, movie. So uh, we're, we're proud of the fact that you just won't be bothered. You, you know, I do I do a thing where I'll have, I'm interested in watching, you know, the third or fourth movie in a series, yeah. right? And I won't watch it because I'll be like, oh, but I really should watch the other three first. Right. And I'm like, I don't have the time to watch those. And so then I just won't watch it. Then you watch, watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Um, movies. Anyhow, that was All how right, I folks, spent well, my last yeah, night. For, for those of you new to our podcast, uh, we used to have the slogan, which was uh, the Blockade podcast. Pinball, movies, snacks, but mostly pinball. So that was the movie portion of our <laughs> yeah. typical podcast. That's um, right. So let's talk some pinball. There's it's not been... Pinball. There's not been a terribly lot of, of news uh, still. Farsight right. is really, really quiet these days, which, yeah. which is, is really why... unusual because they've got a product to sell. And you <laughs> right? think they would be broadcasting that every single day until we could not stand it anymore. Well, and, and to a sense, that's where Arcuda is kind of 
picking up the mantle. But my mm. thing with Farside is, okay, we know that June 30th is rolling around and you're not going to be able to sell the Williams titles anymore. But what do you got next? Because yeah. we haven't had next since Bonsai Run came out. Uh-huh. And it's kind of this eerie silence where you're just like, give us something, you know, show yeah. us signs of life, please. So exactly. Just give on, us a heartbeat. On that front, <laughs> I'm heading up to Farsight this week. I'll be hey. up there. I will be going up there on Thursday. Now, my main reason for going there is I'm going to put hands on the Arcuda cabinet that they have there. Uh-huh. And I'm going to put that thing through its paces. I'm going to try and look at it from every angle that uh, you, the future consumer, might want. And the reason for doing that is because, well, partly just because I wanted to get my hands on it, partly because it's hard for us to, like, we've been talking a lot about Arcuda recently. Yeah, we have. But we haven't... Uh, Some people actually been saying that we're getting sponsored comments from them. Yeah, and, yeah, and I wish we were being sponsored by them, but we're not. <laughs> um, no, we're not. We'd, uh, we'd love it, but we're not. But the fact of the matter is, is that they're the only conversation that we have right now of anything that's going on in pinball. Mm. Um, so we kind of have to talk about it. We, we kind of have thing, to talk about it's it. Cool. But the problem is that neither me nor Jared have a setup that allows us to play the software. Right. <laughs> and neither one of us has uh, touched the cabinet. No. Now, We're... I don't think anybody's actually touched the cabinet. No, uh, really. the one that unless you might have gone to a trade show about two or three years ago, right? And yeah. and that's the the cabinet that Farsight has is exactly that. It's the the what you would call the beta version of their cabinet. Cabinet yeah. now it's been up being updated while Farsight has it uh, with components and stuff. My main thing is that I want to go play it. I want to see what the build quality is. I want to see how mm. they're running this thing. How they got the computer you know put it in. I want to play with the touch screen. I want to see what the touch screen. Uh, how that works. I want to experience the Parallax 3D for myself. I want to uh, see how the software runs on the Arcuda cabinet as opposed to the people trying to make it run on their VB cabs Vertigo cabinet. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see for myself what the backlash does. And while I'm standing there and going, hey, how come it's not doing that? I'm going to have Rob from Farsight standing right next to me and I'll be able to actually bug that. You know, address that kind of issue. Go, hey, look, this is the kind of thing that people are expecting and wanting and stuff. So, essentially, you're going to probably be, in a way, uh, a second representative of Akuda from the customer perspective. From the customer standpoint, yeah, because I don't wanna, you know I don't they've been working a good product in, when also it's not. I mean, they've been working in locks in lockstep with Farsight. Let's be honest for months now. Oh, they've been working with Farsight for two years, I think. Two years, yeah. I believe it's but, been two years. But accelerated development. Yes, recent. over the past year. Well, over the past oh. year, it's been... Ex- the past year has been accelerated development just in terms of... Arcuda has wanted to get this software out there. Mm. Um, and this was prior to knowing about the license. Once That's the right. license got lost, it was imperative to get it out there. That's right. Um, because I mean, their whole—I shouldn't say their whole business model, but a a, a big chunk of what a they're big trying chunk to do of why they were doing what they were doing, right? Lies in this unlock. Yeah, you know, they paid for they paid for the licensing rights. They need to get some. Money out of it. Otherwise, if they just didn't get the software out there, it would be like, you know, they just basically threw money in the fire and never got any return for it. Mm. So, um, so yeah, that's why I was, I was really determined. I need to get up there before June 30th. I need to put my hands on this thing. I need to look at it myself so that I can feel good about the things that we've been saying. Um, now, unfortunately, there are certain components, new, like, New updated components, version. updated versions that yeah. have, are not yet shipped to the Farsight to install. So I'm not going to be able to test out every aspect that is going to be uh, available in the new cabinets, but I'll still be able to get enough of a base knowledge to mm. be able to really uh, uh, get a sense of where things are going from here. That being said, while I'm at Farsight, I'm also going to talk to them and find out what the hell's going on. <laughs> Let's, yeah. You know. Uh, surely... I, 
surely someone's gonna know what's going on there somebody's gonna you know there's got to be something for me to see uh um, yeah whether i i would love to see what they're doing next for stern pimble app yeah see where that's going that, really that's that's the only thing i can see as what they will be dedicating cycles on now dev cycles right right yeah it has um, to be. I want to see how far along they are with whatever new Stern table that they're converting. I mean, we all assume it's Big Buck Hunter and Woe Nelly, but yeah. maybe it's not. I don't know. I want to see. Yeah. Um, I want to, although I probably won't be able to talk about it if they show it to me, I want to see what these new uh, IPs are that they're developing. Mm. Um, you know, hopefully, <coughs> hopefully, it's something more along the lines of what we just uh have seen with yoku's island express which i think you've now gotten a chance to play yeah no no oh, i haven't didn't. okay i had thought you, you were commenting maybe i'm getting mixed up with other people no everybody really that's been to. playing it and a lot of people picked it up based on our recommend or my recommendation mm. and have been going nuts over it because again i i've never played metroid i've never played castlevania but i know that those have devoted followings yeah. And those people that have been dying for new versions of those are eating this thing up like candy. Oh, uh, right. Because apparently it's hitting that sweet spot of everything they loved about those, plus the pinball aspect. Very nice. Oh, so, that's good. Yeah, if you're a, if you're a uh, I guess they're calling it Metroidvania fans. Metroidvania. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Know that, know that Yoku's Island Express is a uh, good purchase for 20 bucks, apparently. Um right. But uh, you know, hopefully, whatever they're developing is more along that line of fun, and not some cheese ball half developed thing like Orville's. Uh, I don't think. Well, <laughs> we are never going think, to let them forget that. By the way, <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't think they probably want to forget it either, because it's a it's a reminder of exactly what they don't want to be doing as a yeah. studio. Yeah, like they need to. They need to remember the bad times, of <laughs> the, the dark times. Yeah, the dark times of walls. Because you know, as a studio, you've got to you've got to learn those lessons, eh? Yeah. And you know, Farsight's so different to any other developer. Like they'll they'll do silly things. Yep. You know. I also want to kind of grill them a little bit more about the uh, pinball tournaments app, which I'd like to point out. Uh, so they opened up the cash money version of the game. Yeah, so you're rich. You're gonna retire. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly. Um, so when I started uh, playing the game, I wound up earning via uh, trophies or whatever three dollars, and that was just playing the practice version of the game. That was before they even introduced the real money. Three dollar so, dues. Three dollar dues. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> so then they introduced the real money game. And I start playing, and I real quickly dropped down to like, I don't know, a buck sixty worth of Ooh. money. And I was like, oh no! And then I rebounded and got up to five bucks. And I was like, sweet! Yes. And then I plummeted to the depths of one dollar left. Ooh. And when that was painful, and then I've slowly inched my way back up to currently. I have $5.40 worth of currency, but I've also got $3 worth already locked up in games that haven't been uh, played by a competitor yet. Right. So my goal is to get to $10 so that then I can start playing the $5 matches instead of the $1 matches because then you earn even more. But I got to have that cushion. And what I've <laughs> realized, what I've realized this game is like playing, it's like playing craps. Mm. So... The only way to make money in craps is you have a lot of money on the table. Right. And the money is only collected if other people are playing. Well, in this sense, if other people are playing against you. But in right. craps, if somebody just keeps on rolling the same thing, then you know your money just sits there. You need to collect that money eventually by having the dice land on your number and you know, so that you can scoop it up. Otherwise, right. it's just they're taunting you. And so you need money to win money basically is what I found out in craps. And that's what this is kind of the same thing. If you're only playing the dollar bets, you're not going anywhere fast at all because you pay a dollar. If you win, you win uh, 40 cents, I think, because it's 60 cent buy-in. Right. Now, if you play the $5 game, then it's $3 for the play. So you would win $2. Okay. 
so it's so much more significantly. Up. Yeah. So when yeah. the balance starts ticking up and the, the $10 is you'd win $4 with a $6 entry fee. Okay. So, but I can't do the $10, but my point is, is that you don't want to, if you had $3, you don't want to do your one play. Cause then you might be completely out of money. You want to always make sure that you can go back and play <laughs> to try and build back up. That's right. Uh, Got to have an exit strategy, but it's driving me bonkers when I've got four matches ready to play and I see somebody else all of a sudden leapfrog over me in points without my games ever having been played. And I really want to find out how that algorithm works. How is it determining who gets to play who? Because it is maddening where there's, you know, eight hours left to the tournament and you really want, you know, you're thinking, oh, I could totally place and get, because if you place in the top three, you earn money also. Okay. Um, and you're thinking, oh, I could totally get there. Or you're tied with somebody, but because they beat you previously, they have the tiebreaker. And so all you need is one win, one win, and then you'll you know you'll pass over them, and nobody you don't get a match for hours, and you're like, how are other people playing and skipping over me? I don't get this. So yeah, I really frustrating. Wanna, oh, it's very frustrating. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get down to the bottom of that too, as well as I had during a cash game that the game crashed on me, which oh twice so when you finally <laughs> actually got a matchup, the thing crashes on you. Well, it, it, it crashed, and I think I described it before when you have two balls locked and you hit the ion, or the, the captured ball that would make it ion multi-ball, and the second yeah. you hit that captured ball, so the whole app crashes. Right. I'm just like, are you kidding me? You yeah. Know? Um, Jeez. Again, but nothing when it was the free game, it, it hits you a lot harder when it's a cash game. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. It's punishment when it's no. a cash game. It's like, wow, you can't do that. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> no. So anyway, that's what my my trip up to Farsight will be like. But I also wanted to point out, so Farsight does their Twitch streams every Thursday. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna sit in on it this time. So ah, you're gonna be on the air. Yeah, I'm gonna be on the air. So that'll be weird, me not hosting and yeah, being somebody else's slave. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it will be weird. <laughs> uh, so anyway, if you guys want to tune in and. Uh, See what and that, how that'll go down. That'll be Thursday, 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard on right. Twitch. And you can heckle Chris. <laughs> well, don't heckle me too bad. Um, right. yeah, I know. I, I'm like, what games are we going to be playing? Because I need to practice so I can dominate. Right. <laughs> so I can totally own you guys. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I'm going to exactly. look like, like you know, I'm going to be playing. They're going to be mocking me. Going, I thought you were good. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you better like actually start playing people like Hay a little bit more, mate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's circle back around to though Arcuda mm. and their pricing. Because I'm yeah. sure people are interested in this. Did you have a yes. look at this, Jared? Yeah, their pricing. I actually went to their website. That's um, what I did. And I kind yeah, of and I broke I it down into digestible, uh, meaningful information because there's a there's there's a whole laundry list of features, and a lot of those features are shared across all three models of cabinet that they have. Yes. And so I wanted to true. uh to separate what the what the differences are between them. So let's start off with the top of the line. It's called the Arcuda Ultra. And this is their steel beast. Basically, this uh-huh. is uh, the one that has a coin door, so you can actually charge quarters for it for playing. Uh, it's a little more beefy and in industrial strength. It's meant meant to take a beating. Yeah, uh, this one it's also is arcade quality. It also has 4K monitors for the play field and for the uh, back glass, and yeah. it has eight coils. And two shaker motors, so the table should be rocking and rolling plenty with that. Um, yeah. It says it has two blower fans, which I can't help but think part of that's got to be for Whirlwind, right? Yeah, you'd think so. I would think so. Um, I can't think of though any other game that used a fan, so it's kind of interesting. It's really it's it's Whirlwind only, I think. Unless maybe you can kick them on you because you're getting hot and sweaty playing pinball, and it just you know it's a nice breeze on you. Yeah, that maybe like me too. Um, 80 amp power supply and the PC that it's running is an Intel i7-8700 chip, 16 gig DDR4 RAM, uh, 
256 gig solid state hard drive, an NVIDIA GTX 1070 eight gigabyte model, and a one That's terabyte and a one terabyte hard drive, made in the good old US of A in Chicago, Elks Grove, Illinois. Oh, very nice. Um, that one is going for before June 30th. <laughs> $6,499 after June 30th, $6,999, which is well below the nine grand that we thought it was going to cost. Yeah. I mean, that puts it in the same range as a, what that will be a Stern LE. No, uh, no Stern. What well, midway between uh, midway between a Stern pro, pro and a Stern L, uh, premium. Okay. Because the premiums for Stern are, I want to say, eight grand. Yeah. And the Pro is now, I think it's gone up to, has it gone up to six grand, I think? It's 55 or six grand, somewhere right around there. Yeah, I know they have raised their money recently. Raised yeah. the price. Of the yeah, price on it's gone up. Mm. Um, now, also, if you buy prior to June 30th, they throw in all the... Uh, 76 tables that are being going bye-bye. Yeah. So that's part of it. Also, you'll get the Time Shock uh, pinball game from uh, you know Pro Pinball. Yeah. And I think those were the, the bells and whistles prior to that. Um, so yeah, that's... Uh, if you wanted... You've got to remember too, this thing is just a Steam box as well. So it's not just pinball you can play on it. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, you can plug in any console you want. Apparently, there's mm. shelves on the inside of these things so that you can make it look all internal and oh. you know, not just cables outside. Um, but there are, I believe they said, four USB connectors uh, yeah. with USB 3.0. Um, yep. So this thing's ready to go. He's ready to go on that front. In December, they said they're releasing... More accessories, and I can only think that that's going to be the apron swap out that allow you to put on the uh, joystick panel. and control panel, mm. you know, buttons, so that you can play regular actual arcade games, which is the other feature of uh, this. That I don't. Th right now, we're solely focusing on the pinball aspect of this, which yeah. is the same as other cabinets. But there's where it goes one beyond other cabinets, and that it's set up to run a multitude of different types of gaming. In a multitude of ways. In a multitude well. of ways, yeah. yeah. You know, you've you got know. The, the big 42-inch vertical, um, which allows you to play you know, things like vertical shoot-ups, which would exactly. just look amazing on this. Yeah. But you know, you could also play regular games on that screen as well. And I remember seeing a video demo of them playing like that driving game on it. And it looks surprisingly good. But you yeah. know, there's also the back glass as well. You can throw the picture up on there too. Yeah, and, and it's not a, it's not a small backlash either. I mean, I think no, it's, it's like two inches or something, isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty beefy. So you know, there's a fairly big um, viewport up the back that you can actually use too. And if you think about it, with the control panel on the machine, it actually almost has the form factor of a like a a, a tall boy cabinet, mm -hmm. where you know you've actually got the the monitor at eye height, and the controls at pretty much a perfect standing height. Yeah. So, like, if you're a keen fighting game fan, this would actually be a pretty solid thing to be bashing around on, um, as as well as all the other things that you can have. I think there's like a there's a whole panel just about the coin door where you have all the different connectors, external connectors, so you can plug in corded controllers and all that right. sort of stuff too. Right. Um, I imagine so if you were doing light gun kind of games, that it would be just like. Plug it in, boom, there Plug you go. In and you're done, yeah. You know. So there's so, a lot that hasn't been announced um, feature-wise. What hasn't been focused on. I mean, it hasn't been, been focused on, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been announced because, I mean, they, they have to keep on pushing the pinball thing at the moment. Right. Uh, they can't, at the moment, they can't really dilute the, the, the clear message that they're trying to do is, like, right. buy the unlocks. So. so let's say, though, that that's just a way bit of overkill for you. And uh, you don't yeah. need all those bells and whistles. Well, then you get what's the called the Arcuda Pro. Yeah. So now your monitors are just 1080 monitors. They're not 4K. They're still yeah. touchscreen, uh, or at least the playfield still touchscreen. Uh, instead of a steel cabinet, it's a wood cabinet. You still retain the eight coils, but now you're down to one shaker motor. Uh, still has the 80 amp power supply. 
Uh, and as for the computer that's running it, it's now an Intel uh, i5 series, 6400, 8 gigs of RAM uh, with an NVIDIA GTX 1060 3 gigabyte card uh, and still the one terabyte hard drive. And that is also made here in the good old US of A in Chicago. That's Last, pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, that's... Oh, and price-wise, i got to mention price-wise, it's 5499 before June 30th and 5599 after. So well, it's a $100 price increase, but you won't, after, you won't get the, um, the Pinball Arcade stuff, which is kind of a bummer. But yeah, it's we know that. that. That's that's how that is. Um, but anyway, other than that, it shares all the same features as the the Ultra in terms of you can still plug in, and, and this will be the the case for the next one we talk about also. But you can still plug in your Xbox uh, Connect, and it's still going to have the USB control connectors on the front of it. Um, that's it's just right. not going to have a coin drop coin door anymore. Yeah, that's right. It's it's the home use. Yeah, currently. it's it's totally in, intended for the home use. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then last is the Arcuda Standard. And this one is, again, 1080 monitors, wood cabinet, only five coils, one shaker motor, uh, 40 amp power supply. It's running the much older Intel 7 chip 2600, uh, 8 gigs of RAM, NVIDIA 960, a GTX 960. And this one is made in China. So. When we say made in Chicago, made in China, here's the thing you got to realize. That's where it's shipping from. So factor that into price. Uh, Somebody in the UK contacted Arcuda and was asking about shipping. And they were clearly, I believe, meaning from China, but I'm not sure. But anyway, they found out what the shipping price was. It was rather exorbitant. And Arcuda said, hey, if you can put together a group of people that are going to buy these, then we then yeah then we'll discount you know or then you can get the shipping discounted uh yeah and be a little easier to spread amongst everybody so again when thinking of the price because you might be like going oh well the china one is so much cheaper than the arcuda pro uh you know by fifteen hundred dollars but what's that shipping going to be like Um, yeah exactly it's gonna be nasty is the answer (laughs) well it's gonna be bad because i mean it sounds like they're not not sea freighting these. It sounds like they're air freighting them. So, um, no, yeah. I really don't know. I really don't know. If it's now, really you expensive. And Aust- you and Australia, I believe, are going to have none of those worries. No, because the manufacturer <laughs> is in Australia for once. Exactly. So, so I think that they're going to just have a supply there. Um, yeah. But you won't have to be- from wherever they're manufacturing them. Yeah. And uh, we will get them for probably the cost of it takes to get it from Newcastle to wherever you're going. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it won't be that bad. Won't be that bad at all, really. Uh, so anyway, those are those are things to keep in mind. And next week, obviously, I'll have a full report again about the feel of the cabinet. So if you're, if this is something that is legitimately uh, intriguing to you, that you think that you might be in the market for doing the pinball cabinet, um, just hold out a week. And then I can maybe reassure your uh, doubts <laughs> or enforce yeah. them. I don't know. Either or. But uh, like I said, I'll have a much better grasp on on what all this uh, specs are that they're dishing when I get my hands on it myself. And how it actually, like, specs are one thing, but it's all about how it feels, right? Exactly. And you know, it's very hard to actually get that until you actually feel it. Yeah, you know, some people are even going, well, what's the lag like? Is there any? Well, you know, it's, know. Hard to, it, it's hard to describe lag in milliseconds without actually seeing it for yourself. And does it affect you? Mm. Um, you know, I can't, I can't play too, on my TV because there's just that slight millisecond lag and it's deadly. Yeah. So I only play on my, on my computer. Yeah. Yeah. Cause lag to one person is different to another person mm-hmm. too. Like mm-hmm. it's all about how your brain perceives it. Like if you've been, for example, playing uh, console games for ages on a TV with lag, it's normal to you. Like you don't even right. see you it. Right, you almost you're you're almost able to process it ahead of time. You know, you're you're able to yeah. think about your brain understands that and and does that. Yeah, it's like it becomes muscle memory essentially. Exactly. Um, 
but yeah, if you're if you've got a brand new, you know, six or seven thousand dollar piece of lounge room furniture, um, <laughs> you want this thing to like knock your socks off, right? So yeah. Yeah, that that feeling is is paramount. Paramount, we say. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, guy, I feel like this show has been uh, just being nothing so far, but uh, prepping for next week. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's important. It is. It is. So let's let's see if we can uh, shift it to something that's relevant today. Um, there's been discussions, obviously, on the Pinball Arcade Fans Forum regarding uh, the potential future of Williams. Uh, some people just lamenting the fact that they're not going to get their favorite tables ever again. Um, you know, that they've been waiting for other people, uh, wondering what the shot of there ever was of say, getting an Indiana Jones into the game, uh, you know, things like that. But there's also been discussion of even if somebody does get the license, would you buy it? And that got us thinking about, what would it take if somebody re-released, let's say, well, let's just pick a table. Let's just say Medieval Madness. Okay. okay? All of a sudden, somebody has purchased the license and they put out Medieval Madness. And you're going, well, I already have it on Pinball Arcade. Why do I possibly need to buy this again? Yeah. And the question is, what would it take to make you do that? Hmm. It's an interesting proposition. It is. So is it strictly a matter of... Yeah, I'll, I'll throw these out to you, Jared, and you can uh, okay. say yay or nay to them. The graphics are now completely high-res. Crystal right. clear. You can read the graphics, but the it's still not photorealistic in terms of the chrome and some of the plastic toys or whatever. It still has okay. retains that... You know what I mean? How Farsight is video gaming look. It's video gaming look, but also not all of the textures are completely high res. There, we still have certain aspects that are kind of low res in nature. So, throwing that out to you, it's okay. high res graphics, but still retains the video gamey look. Is that enough? Mm. It all depends. It comes down to one key factor: it's price point. Like, let's say it's the exact same price. So, like five bucks. Five bucks. Five bucks. All right. So if it's graphics bumped, but yes. for the things like I'm thinking a lot of the time we see in Farsight's releases that the rails are like angular. They're mm -hmm. not like super smooth, super curved. Right. Um, I don't know if that would be a big enough thing for me to actually... Go ahead it sounds to me it. like it would certainly not be a day one for you. It'd no, it would be, be a day of, one. It would be more of a, eh, I've got some extra coin in my pocket. Why well, not? Maybe when the Steam sale comes along. Right. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. So let's take it the next step. Okay. You've now got high-res graphics, and yeah. it's photorealistic like, say, Time Shock is. That's essentially like, to me, that that feels like a new game. Okay. Uh, so that would be for five bucks. If it was a table that I really loved and medieval madness, let's face it, it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, that would be starting to get. Mm, maybe I'll wish list that one. Okay. On Steam. Yeah. Still not enough to push you over the edge, but we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Okay. Like you're starting to push my buttons now. Like I like crisp graphics. Okay. Let's say. And now we're starting to go off the checklist of things Farsight never got around to doing or doing well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say that it now had the ability to, I guess I'm going to say different operator setups, but it's also difficulty level. Okay. So you could have a standard setup and then a hard setup which means that the table's probably slightly raked a little bit more and the outline posts have been adjusted like you could have done. Wide, like essentially right. um, arcade uh, arcade operator mode where exactly. everything's not really wide, so it gobbles your ball that real fast. Exactly, it's trying, to, it's trying to gobble your coins. Um, and then finally, the third option is it's... Uh, IFPA mode. Yeah, tournament mode. 
Yeah, where okay. they'd like take off all the rubbers from the outlines and, <laughs> and like have to rake it maximum, maximum so you can't even like breathe on the machine before it tilts. But also you've got certain um, uh, <coughs> scoring parameters that are set up. So it's a little tougher on the scoring. It takes uh, more shots to uh, light things. Um, there's no extra balls anymore. So you have mm. those three those three settings that are built into the game on top of the high-res graphics. The high-res graphics and photorealistic. Is that enough? Yeah, that would probably be enough for me to go, okay, here's your five bucks. Okay. Yeah, that's enough extra features on top of what was originally there to go, yeah, look, it'd be fun to actually go and experience the game in a harder way um, as well as being able to read everything really clearly on it. So I'm going to tell you right now, still not enough for me. No, really? <laughs> Ooh, you're a tough well, here's the thing. I want to know that it's not a one-off. Yeah. Because when I load up a program on my PC specifically, it's different on your phone, but when I load up a program of this nature, I don't want to only load it up for that one game. Yeah, that's fair enough. I want to have more games. It's honestly, it's, it's why I don't play the Stern pinball app that much on my PC. Yeah. Because there's only three games. There's that you only want to really play. three games that I care about. And mm. that's not enough. Um, no. and, it, and it doesn't have nearly the install base as pinball arcade. Therefore those other intangibles that kind of factor in where you're talking about leaderboards or knowing that your friends have been playing it and stuff like that. Those are just, they're not there anymore. So yeah. if it was only a one-off, I'm pretty leery of it. And mm. it's why I haven't bought time shock. Okay. Uh, we can guarantee that's a one-off like there. I don't think Barnstorm game is going to be doing another one of them. No. And even if they were, there's only four tables total, but if there was four games at 20 bucks, which as it is right now, they're charging, I think that much just for the one. Oh, really? Is that how much it is? I don't know. It's expensive. Uh, mm. You know, that's that again, that, that kind of just, it's a standalone pinball is all right. it is. There's nothing else to it. Yes. Um, now, if you could guarantee me that there was going to be 10, so like a season's worth of TPA. Yeah. 10 tables. You could take off the photorealistic and leave it as arcade style graphics. And then I'd be more interested. Okay. Okay. So I'm saying you could take off one of these other factors. So long as you have this factor, that makes me go a little bit more. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm more interested. Yeah. Uh, and I say that because I think that's what attracted me to pinball arcade in the first place. You had four. It was four and the promise yeah. of more. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. It is um, frustrating, isn't it, to open up like an app and go, ah, yeah, well, I, I, I'm done now. Now I have to open up another app right. to then go and continue. Yeah, I think it's, you're right. It's different on mobile than it is Steam. This is mm -hmm. what I'm finding out being new to Steam. It's like when you set up games on Steam, it's like you're there for a session. Whereas right. if you're on a mobile app, it's like, yeah, I'm here for a little bit. I'm here for a good time in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right there. So what are some other factors that might come into play that people would uh, be desirable of? Well, I, I would. The, I was going to say the thing that jumps into my mind is the ability to compete with other people. Oh, that'd be huge. Like, like that would just be shut up and take my money now. Like here it is. I could, I will go look, leave it exactly the way it was if you yep. want. And then just put that feature in. And yeah, I want to play with people like in America, in and, Europe. And here I'm coming back around to this pinball tournaments app. It's it, it's not great. It doesn't, no. it doesn't look great. Um, it's only got the one table. It is not photorealistic in the least. It's you yeah. know the typical Farsight look, but because it's also their own artwork, it even has even more of an arcadey or a, a video gamey feel to it. And it's not uh, that it's bad. Like from what I, from what I've seen of the table, it, it feels themed well, but it's yeah. still very arcadey. 
Right. But it's not, it's not like, it's not some graphical powerhouse. It's, there's nothing about it that makes you go, wow, that's incredible. That's something I can't, you know, nothing of that factor. I play the stupid thing multiple times a day, purely because of the competition aspect. Yeah. Purely because I get a notification on my phone that says, so-and-so competed against you. See what the results are. Boom. I'm on my phone. I'm looking at the results. I see what the results are. I immediately go, yes, I won. Or I go, oh, the bastard. They they beat me. The then I'm back in there putting in a game or two just to, to, yep. to get back at it. That is money right there. If you can uh-huh. get into that. And that's one of the things I'm going to impart on Farsight when I'm there. Guys, incorporate what you have going on in that app into Pinball Arcade. You will make the user base even if for whatever reason they can't do it from a pay-to-play perspective just put the matchmaking that you have in the skills app put it in because far out because the and because more to the point the leaderboard resets well ever since they did the uh the the cash version of the game the leaderboard resets every two days oh wow okay every two days you're fighting for top spot and there's a prize and, and all the prize is, is even if you're playing the free game, is these tickets that essentially allow you to play that many more times, right? I'm now to the point where, I mean, I think we start off with like 250 tickets. I've got over 4,000 tickets now. Wow. So I'm not even, I, it's not even a concern of mine how many times I play the free version of the game because I've got multitudes of tickets. But if you place in, and in the free game, the top three always get a really f- good prize, but sometimes it goes all the way down to like eighth place. Uh, people that can win more, you know, ticket prizes. Yeah. Um, but that reset sets every two days. So if you didn't make the leaderboard, just wait, and then you'll have a, f- a fresh crack at it again. And that's what it would be beautiful if they did that within Pinball Arcade. You know, the whole concept of tickets. It makes me think of something else as a side tangent in that why wouldn't you be able to take those tickets and use them like a uh, a family entertainment center concept where you could go and for every thousand tickets, you could get a $5 voucher to get merch or something like that mm-hmm. from Pinball Arcade, right? Mm-hmm. Or some other nominal value. Um, because that would, again that would be motivation enough for people to drive them back into the, the app and keep on keep on chopping wood if they really want a T-shirt. You know, they can actually go and get 10 bucks off it or free shipping or something like that, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, I, just, I mean, I don't even... I don't even... Because pl- that is... That kind of stuff is available in the, in the app. Okay. In terms of so you can, can use... You can use... Uh, well, there's two different types of... Tic- there's tickets and then there's Z. <laughs> Z... Tickets are what are your entry fee into the, the games. Yeah. Z is what you uh, earn that can be used to purchase upgrades to uh, the game. Okay. So yeah. sometimes, so there's both upgrades to the game, but there's also like, if you get enough Z, you can purchase cash to use in the game. Ah, right. Okay. So the Z is really hard to come by. The tickets right. are really easy to come by. Yeah. But each time you play, you earn Z. So whether uh-huh. you win or lose, you earn Z. Right. So, uh, but that's not an aspect of the game I even care about. I'm just, all I care about is the com- competition and being yeah. notified. So if you did that within Pinball Arcade, where you have a table that for two days, that's the only table that everybody can play and everybody's competing against, and you earn a leaderboard on that. And then if, let's say you're playing some other game in Pinball Arcade, all of a sudden you get a notification that somebody beat you. Well, boom, I guarantee you, you're going to stop playing the whatever table you're in right then and go back into the tournament and try, yep. and, and, try and beat somebody. For it, sure. I, they really need to implement that. I think that would be brilliant. Um, yeah. And so circling back to what would it take to make you buy a new version of medial madness? You throw in that head to head model, something like, where the competition is there. No, I'm t- it's it, it works. It does. <laughs> you, you get the five bucks for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like what, to, yeah. What else would possibly be a motivating factor? Um, would new camera angles be a factor? Would uh, cabinet mode be a factor? I know to some people uh, it certainly would be a factor. Yeah. If you offered cabinet mode, which Farsight's not offering, and you have to buy it through Arcuda. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, yeah, if you supported you cabinet it for mode, free, yeah, that would be, yeah, it would be a pretty good $5 investment right there. Right. Um, yeah. You think about it, though, even if it was like to unlock cabinet mode, essentially, if that was a pro version, you had to pay like two bucks mm-hmm. extra to do it, you would. Um, particularly well, if see, the cabinet the kind mode of had thing a... that they should have attached to pro mode to begin with. Like I said, pro mode never had value to me. Never. No, it, it didn't. Like, I've never used pro mode on even on the tables that I said, wow, we really need pro mode on this so we can get access to the like the risque language. I yeah. never put risque language on on scared stiff because it's too much trouble. It is too like, much trouble. It's too much trouble. And I never go and stuff around in the, in the operator settings in the game because, again, number one, it's too much trouble. And number two, they don't stick. No, it doesn't so, stick. So you just spent a half an hour mucking about making the ideal situation. You enjoy playing it for you know a couple of games, and then you got to step away and turn off the yeah. program. You come back, and poof, it's all gone. And you're like, oh, great. Now i got to remember everything I did unless I had a piece of paper out that I was marking down what all my settings were that I enjoyed. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Oh, let's go to A3 and turn on extra balls off. Right. You know, no, thank you. Right. I've got better things to do. I just, just let me play the game. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what I think we've come to the conclusion of is there is, though, things that could be done with a title like Medieval Madness that would make us pony up again a second. Yeah. Time. Yep. So yeah, make it happen. <laughs> I was gonna say. Now the question is, will we ever get that opportunity? Yeah. <laughs> and if it, and if we do get the opportunity, will somebody have actually you know thought about it like we just did, or will they go? No, let's just do exactly what Farsight did. <laughs> let's let's hope not. In which case, I go. Well, no, screw you. I've already. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sorry. I don't if you're not going to improve on it, then there's no point. <laughs> I'm not buying it again because you know I love you or anything. So yeah, you know, exactly. Just I'll just keep it five dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm glad we got to uh, at least uh, address that. Uh, yeah. Oh, and for the record, folks, Indiana Jones was never going to happen in Pinball Arcade. Just no way. It was never going to happen. Sorry, I know it was. I know that it was one of their when they first guy when they. I think when they first made Pinball Arcade, before they'd done any of the licenses, that they were seriously like, okay, how can we get Indiana Jones in? And I think real quickly it became apparent that there that conversation isn't happening because yeah. somebody pointed out timeline wise. When Pinball Arcade came out, that was the, around the same time that Disney acquired uh, Lucasfilm. Ah. And so while they're in the midst of doing that, good luck trying to get a hold of them, trying to secure licensing. Yeah, because um, they're a little bit busy. <laughs> and then you also have zero track record of showing what you can do with a license. Yeah. So I think that's why Twilight Zone was a big test case for them both to mm. see if people would pony up for the uh, Kickstarter purposes, but also could they handle all the various licensing issues and uh, navigate that properly. And they did, but Twilight Zone's so much easier of a license to, to take care of than when they did, you know, and they, they basically ran to issues when they went and did Star Trek right away after that. Yeah. But the only reason why they did Star Trek right after that was they were already in talks with CBS uh, who owned the rights to Twilight Zone. So that's right. I mean, it's like, well, look, while we're here, while we're still- here, we've already got you on the phone. How hard is it to, you know, secure actor likenesses and voices? And uh, so that's why that happened so quickly afterwards. The real test came with Adam's family, obviously, and I think that's where uh, all hopes of Indiana Jones went right out the window. Because yeah. that one was so difficult to 
tracked down, and that was with them having Paramount actually talking to them. Um, mm. In fact, they couldn't even get Disney on the phone. <laughs> yeah. <It> was... <laughs> so I mean, the, half the half the battle is actually physically talking to the license holder. Yeah, you know, and if you can't do that well, unfortunately, that's a lost cause. Which is which is what also is the problem with why we never got roller games. Well, there's so many different like sub license things in there. I mean, well, roller no, games, roller games would have been easy because you could have you could have very easily festered out all the. Pepsi and Slice and uh, Thermos logos. That would yeah. have been a piece of cake. But it still comes down to the fact that Roller Games was a TV show. Yeah. And there was two entities that owned the rights. And one of them they could never get a hold of. And the other one couldn't care less to talk to them. Right. So it's like, nope. Couldn't be bothered. Um, they, there was even the idea of, you know what, what the heck, let's just, let's just make it and put it out there Yeah. because if nobody's going to bother noticing us, why would they bother noticing this? You know, if they can't even figure out who holds the license, then who's going to come after us? The well, downside is, will it, yeah, assume. I was going to say, that's the downside. If somebody then goes, wait a second, I've got that. Oh, penalties. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, how much would it cost? Like the interesting argument for those ones is how much would it cost to produce and release the table and you know get the the approval from WMS to release it versus the potential problem with the table actually being released and then someone like after the fact going, Oh yeah, by the way, licenses, what would you do? You just pull it. Yeah. You know, you pull it, oh look, no longer for sale. Very sorry about that. Yeah. Um we, we couldn't get hold of you. We figured that no one was interested um, in like discussing licensing for it, so we just went, "No, we'll just do it." So yeah, we'll, we'll pull it from sale. No problems. Sorry about yeah. that. You know, I think that arguably could be cheaper, unless of course they do go down the route. Well, you know, some people have it, and it's like you can't take the entitlement away from. Them, so we need to, you know, dip it to your bank account for that. Right, because now we're going to say that people were purchasing your game because our table was in it, and therefore yeah. we want a cut of everything. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it could get very expensive very fast, yeah. but uh, the, yeah, I, I, Interestingly, I ran into this situation while filming a movie. Ah. So I was on this movie called... Uh, it was talking about micro-budget. <laughs> it, yeah. it was a practically a do-it-yourself movie called Pickin' and Grinning. And we were doing uh, filming the road trip portion of the movie, which was us in a Winnebago traveling from Central California all the way to Nashville, uh, oh. doing a lot of the trip on Route 66, which was pretty cool. Yeah, but right. we came across the uh, we were going to cross the Hoover Dam, which is uh, in Nevada. Yeah, and at that point, they still hadn't uh, closed the dam itself from you being able to drive across it. Oh, okay. uh, now they've built a bridge so that nobody can drive across it because that became a terrorist threat attack spot. That oh, if right. blew up the dam, there goes all the water. And you've seen and it in disaster movies too. So yeah, me too. <laughs> bad situation. Yeah. So they've built a bridge that now you, as you're driving over the bridge, you get this wonderful view of the dam, but you can't actually drive across the dam anymore. So That's this is, this is previous to that happening. But anyway, uh, they, you know, they paused, they stopped every car and kind of, you know, peeked in and, you know, do the old mirror underneath it kind of thing before letting yep. it go. And they look into our Winnebago and there we've got a camera set up looking out the front window. <laughs> and they go, um, okay, we need everybody off. We're like, okay. Uh, so we okay. get off and they go, do you have a permit to film? And we go, no, we don't, we don't have a permit to film. They're like, well, you need a permit to film the bridge. I go, oh, well, we weren't planning on filming the bridge. We just have it set up because as soon as we're off the bridge, we need to be fast because sun's going down. And as soon as we're on the other side, we're filming a scene and uh, that's not looking at the bridge. <laughs> yeah. But it has our characters in this beautiful background. We just need to be able to, you know, to go right away. And uh, our director was, uh, he played, uh, was it Uncle Rico, I think, in Napoleon Dynamite? And so, oh, he yeah. pull, so he pulled out that card and the the 
security people recognized him. We're like, oh yeah, we like that movie. And so he chatted them up enough that they finally were like, okay, fine. Yeah, you can go ahead and drive over. So we hop in the second we start, you know, driving, roll it. <laughs> so, we oh, yeah. roll, so we roll the camera and we film the scene driving across the, the, the dam. And I kind of went, so they said you needed a permit. You don't have a permit. Uh, what's going to happen? They said, well, the problem is, is that a permit costs $5,000 to to get to film this movie didn't have five thousand dollars to spend on on one shot um so i said okay i said but what happens if they see the dam in the film they go oh well then they can come at us for twenty five thousand dollars that's that's the penalty i went okay that's (laughs) <laughs> wow. I go, how are you going to deal with that? And they go, well, it's not our problem. I go, what do you mean? It's not your problem. They go, well, we haven't sold the movie for distribution. Whoever picks up the distribution rights, we're going to tell them, Oh, by the way, you need to cut <laughs> the Hoover damn people a check <laughs> for this amount. <laughs> so that <laughs> before they find out that it's in the movie, otherwise there's going to be a penalty. And they're like, because whoever picks up the distribution rights, they're going to have a lot more money than we ever had. And it's going to be a drop in the bucket for them to be like, oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, right, eh? So that was my introduction to uh, sneaking it, hoping that nobody notices. And if anybody does notice, letting somebody else flip the bill. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So, oh, I, 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 but I don't think that that would work in Farsight's case because they don't have anybody else footing the bill. Right. So that's why it's they, them. That's why they never got to go get around to uh, to doing that. Not to mention that I don't know that they were necessarily hot on the game. But no, you were. Oh, I was. I oh man, I pitched that thing every time I went up there. That's right. So, all uh, right, folks. Well, that's. Uh, I think that's plenty for this week. Um, <clears throat> you got the movie talk. You got the pinball talk. You didn't get the snacks talk. Sorry. No. You weren't hungry anyway. Uh, That's right. <laughs> so next week, again, be sure to tune in. Uh, first, tune in on Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific to Farsight's weekly Twitch broadcast. And you can uh, watch me play some pinball and uh, talk to the guys there. And then, of course, pay attention to the following week when we record that podcast, uh, which I'll have a full breakdown then on my visit to Farsight. That's going to be cool. Alrighty then. Well... Until then, uh, hey, why don't you go ahead and follow the show on Twitter? It is at Blockade. If you follow the show, why don't you just do two more clicks and you can follow Jared. He is at Jared Morgs. Or you can follow myself. I am at Shut Your Traps. Yeah. And it's it's, it's so easy. It's so easy that while you're doing that and getting ready to sing our praises, you might be like, you know what? I have a personal message for these guys. I'm going to drop them an email. That's simple enough to do too. You could do that by sending it to blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. And then we'll get that. We'll read that and we'll mock you. No, we won't. Um, and, and then the last thing to do, and this is uh, something to go do and just plain bookmark, go visit our site. It is blockadepinball.com slash episodes. Make sure you don't type in HTTPS because <laughs> then you won't get there. No, just type in blockadepinball.com slash episodes. That'll get you to our main site. There you will be able to catch up on all of our shows, links to where you can listen to them, as well as show notes and the like. Lots of pictures, like the Lots ones I lifted pictures. from the newsletter last week. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I honestly stole it. I even put in the in the caption. I said, I "Honestly stole this from the number seventy five <laughs> newsletter from Farsight." Yeah, because it was cool as like an out an animated Arcuda logo. I thought, "Oh, I'll have that." Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, I just want to throw this out there because I found it funny today. Pinball um, was forty five B. He posted a a. Anyway, I think he was just kind of commenting on how long Farsight's been doing some of this stuff, but he showed the E3 trailer, which E3 just happened here in uh, Los Angeles this past week. Uh, uh, he showed the E3 trailer for Pinball Hall of Fame Williams Collection back oh. from 2007. Wow. And so the trailer is going off and showing these real quick clips of the, of the pinball tables, announcing what tables are in the collection. And then it goes into pricing. 
and this one just boggles my mind. So for the PlayStation 2, I think it was PlayStation 2. Maybe it was PlayStation 3. I don't remember which one it is. Anyway, $14.99 for the game. For PSP, $19.99. For the Wii, $29.99. What what in the world is going on that you can't have universal pricing? Publishing, man. Like every publisher has to take a hit. But it was well, this was when Crave was doing it. Oh, right, okay. So it was the same publisher across the board, but I still can't figure out why in the world would you have different pricing for something that nobody has? Like, do universal pricing, discount them later. I don't know. It just it boggles my mind, but at the same hand, it it makes me kind of go, oh, yeah, well, that, that's farsight. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's bizarre. I mean, with the PSP, it was like a cartridge or disc-based system, wasn't it? Uh, PSP um, was a small, call it a mini disc, like a mini disc. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So there was a physical media charge with mm-hmm. that, but I mean, the same with Wii as well. Wii was physical media, and same with PlayStation Two at the time. PlayStation Two disc, yeah. Because so, yeah, you know what? This would have been PlayStation Two because then when the PlayStation Three came out, that's when they added in Medieval Madness and Tales of the Arabian Nights and one other DMD. I can't remember what the other DMD table was. Um, But that was disc-based also. These weren't downloads. These were physical media. Pretty crazy, eh? Like in the (laughs) days where you couldn't patch anything. Like it had to be, it had to work. Yeah. So. The days when quality was important. Things, things to think about and as we as we leave you today. So Yeah, that's right. All right, until next time, folks. Bye-bye. See you later. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blarcade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.